Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, now that mandatory minicamps is in the books, what is the state of the Raiders? We'll talk about that plus a whole lot more coming up on Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, June 9th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it drops. And of course, if you're checking us out on YouTube, many thanks to you and many thanks to my man Ari. Does a great job each and every day making sure we're on YouTube looking good and sounding good. You can always check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can hit me up on Twitter as well at your boy Q254. And of course, we got the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707 654 Four six nine three. Got a lot to get to on today's show. Segment number three, you will get those calls and texts and even a tweet. Got a tweet that I'll bring to the show as well. Segment number two, going to talk about the state of the Raiders, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Got a little bit of a breakdown. Want to go a little category by category when it comes to the silver and black. We'll do that in segment number two as we head into the weekend. And then here in segment number one, news and notes of the day. And today's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL When you enter the promo code Lockdown NFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every single order been getting a lot of uh, feedback on the bird dogs make sure you check them out at birddogs.com but i'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show let's go ahead and jump right into it and before i get into the news and notes of the day i did want to start out the show really special my man 360 raider actually called in on the lockdown raider podcast voicemail line and had a very special message that he wanted to pass along so i'm gonna go ahead and start off with a call from 360 raider here he is check it out Chipasa. hey what's up q this is 360 raider Hey, I'm calling for a special request here. Uh, Today is my son's 18th birthday, June 8th. And he likes to sit in my car and listen to your podcast uh, as we drive uh, every morning. So if you could, could you please give him a shout-out? He's a big Raiders fan. Even though they traded car, he's going to be saying who dad a lot. I know that. His name's Logan. And he's 18 today. I sure appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. There it is right there. I thought that was a great way to start the show on this Friday. A really special call right there. Wanted to shout out his son, Logan. Happy birthday, Logan. Special 18th birthday. And I know that it was on Thursday the 8th, but it's never too late to celebrate your 18th birthday. And I think that's really cool that you and your pops listen to the podcast in the car. So I definitely appreciate uh, you allowing me to be a part of your guys' day. And hopefully you enjoy the show. Hopefully you enjoy it on the daily. And hopefully you had a really good birthday. And if you didn't celebrate, make sure you celebrate this weekend. It don't matter if you're 18, man. Make pops spend uh, spend a lot of money on you, right? <laughs> Roll out the red carpet for you, Logan. Uh, tell Pops to go ahead and do that. 360 Raider, thanks for that call. I do appreciate you. Let's go ahead and jump into news and notes of the day. As I mentioned, mandatory minicamp got wrapped up on Thursday. Uh, again, guys that weren't out there part- participating uh, on practice as far as Deshaun Reed from The Athletic is concerned, Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Jacobs, Jacoby Myers, Michael Mayer, O.J. Howard, Justin Heron, Tyree Wilson, Jordan Willis, Amari Bernie, and Ja'Cory Bennett. So the usual suspects, the guys that weren't out there before, 
They weren't out there to wrap up mandatory minicamp. Next week they have OTAs and then they're done until training camp gets started. So you won't hear a whole lot of uh, football activities. And I'm sure that they're only going to do about two days next week as well. I don't think that they'll do the, the practice on Thursday the 15th. So there won't be too much more action until training camp gets started. But Hunter Renfro did return to practice. I did want to bring that up because uh, he was a guy that stretched out on Wednesday and was supposed to talk to the media, and then he ultimately didn't. So that led to a lot of speculation that maybe he's on the trade block. There's been a lot of rumors about Hunter Renfro, but he did return to practice on Thursday, and uh, apparently he looked really good out there. So no worries. Hunter Renfro still a part of the, the Raiders organization, and I've said it many times, I don't think he's going anywhere. As a matter of fact, Deshaun Reed uh, put out a, a OTAs or a mandatory minicamp recap uh, in the athletic, and a part of it was talking about Hunter Renfro. He said there was some chatter about receiving uh, receiver Hunter Renfro's status after he left practice early on Wednesday, but he returned to action Thursday, participated throughout the final mandatory minicamp session. He recovered from the concussion and oblique injuries that caused him to miss seven games last season. He is healthy. And he also went on to say, and this is what Raider Nation would get excited about, the Raiders haven't received any trade offers, according to a league source. That could obviously change between now and the trade deadline, but the sense is nothing is imminent in terms of Renfro being moved. And again, that kind of backs up what I'm thinking at this stage of the game. Unless a team really just hits up the Raiders and offers them something that they can't refuse, I don't think that there's any value at all whatsoever in trading Hunter Renfro now. Unless there's some dude out there that they think is going to be a difference maker that's going to be the difference between, say, seven wins and ten wins for the Raiders in 2023, I just don't see it happening. He deserves and he should get an opportunity to play in this system fully healthy because I think he could be a really good player in this uh, Raiders offense. So it doesn't look like Hunter Renfro is going to be headed anywhere soon. Again, Sean Reed said the Raiders have received zero uh, trade offers from any team out there. Of course, that could change, but gut feeling tells me that it won't. Also on Thursday, we found out, this is just in the NFL, that Dalvin Cook, the running back from the Minnesota Vikings, was being released. Uh, Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network put out a tweet. The Vikings and four-time Pro Bowler uh, Dalvin Cook are parting ways. One of the NFL's most dynamic playmakers, Cook is coming off a fourth straight 1,000-yard season, has 52 career touchdowns. Now he'll be a free agent at age 27 and will have multiple suitors. So Dalvin Cook released in Minnesota. And I bring that up because, of course, Josh Jacobs, the Raiders running back, is holding on to the franchise tag right now. He wants to get a multi-year deal. He doesn't want to just get a one-year deal, the $10 million that the franchise tag guarantees. He wants to get multiple years. He wants to get that guaranteed money that he earned, right? He earned it last year leading the league in, in rushing, but Dalvin Cook is a really good t- a player, right? Four-time Pro Bowler. Of course, he's been banged up quite a bit, but that's the nature of the beast when you're looking at the running back position. So now he's out on the open market, and there's other running backs that are out on the open market. So I don't know what Josh Jacobs' market is going to look like, right? Even if if the Raiders were to say, okay, go ahead and explore, trade somewhere else, trade options, I just don't see it. I don't see it because I feel like the running back position is so devalued. So I think with another running back out on the market, most likely probably going to either go to Miami. I've heard Denver as well as a location that he could end up. I just I just don't see it for Josh Jacobs. And, and you know, again, it's, a, it's so unfortunate for running backs that that, that position is so devalued. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense to give Josh Jacobs a couple years deal, you know, give him some upfront money. I think he earned that and should be good to go after that. But, again, that's I, I can't get in his pocketbook. I can't say what he should do. You know, he's going to do what he believes, and the Raiders are going to do what they believe. But I just feel like with the way that the running back market is so devalued that a, a release of a guy like Dalvin Cook, a four-time Pro Bowler, is not, uh, not going to bode well for Josh Jacobs and his attempts to negotiate a contract. So that was the latest with that. And also, Frank Clark 
Uh, he, he is uh, signing with the Denver Broncos. That was according to my guy Jordan Schultz from The Score. Does a fantastic job covering the NFL. He put out a tweet. Free agent pass rusher Frank Clark is signing with the Broncos. Three-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ with the Chiefs. Finds a new home in Denver. So there you go. Frank Clark staying in the AFC West, headed to the Denver Broncos. And Sean Payton's defense there in Denver is going to be a little bit stronger with one Frank Clark. So that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, Raiders strengths, weaknesses, X-Factor, basically the state of the franchise. What do I mean by that? How am I going to come up with that? I'll explain it all in segment number two after I tell you about the title sponsor, which is Bird Dogs. And I've been talking about Bird Dogs for a few days now, and you know I'm getting excited because I'm a couple weeks out from going on vacation, and it's already nice being in Las Vegas and being able to wear you know some shorts to work, and the weather's nice, but going on vacation and going to Hawaii is a different ball game, right? I mean, that's when you really get to let your hair down, relax, don't have to worry about any kind of work, no podcast, no radio, no nothing. That's when I'm really going to let loose and just just get to relax. Well, bird dogs are going to help me relax. And of course, they have plenty of shorts to choose from. I prefer the khaki shorts that come with the liner in them. I'm checking out the website right now, just looking at the different styles that they have. That's the beautiful thing about the bird dogs is that they all have liners in them. But the khaki shorts are, are some that I really like. Gym shorts, I don't really plan on getting in the gym, doing too much work. Don't want to get in the basketball court, do too much work. I just want to relax. They got the Oxford shorts. So if that's your style, boom, you could use those. Bathing suits. They've got the bathing suits right there. So basically, you're all purpose, right? Go to birddogs.com. Check out the collection. They've got liners. They've got all kind of different styles, but they have pants and polos as well. So maybe you're not going on vacation and you do want to go ahead and get your hands on just some nice pants and nice polos and some nice shorts to maybe to wear to work or, you know, around town. Bird Dogs has got you covered. All you got to do is check out the website, find what you like. When you go to check out at birddogs.com, make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. It's all one word, and you'll get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. Again, birddogs.com slash LOCKEDONNFL, free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. I promise you. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about the state of the Raiders franchise, the way that the team is right now, now that mandatory minicamp has come to a conclusion. And I got this idea from my guy Gilbert Manzano from uh, SI.now, and uh, Monday Morning Quarterback does a really good job, writes for him. I actually had him on my radio show on Thursday, and I was reading a piece that he put out. And a matter of fact, I was reading it, I think, super early Thursday morning, like midnight (laughs) Thursday morning. I was reading it, and I reached out to him immediately and I was like hey man I need to get you on uh, I need to get you on my radio show to talk about this he was doing a 32 teams in 32 days piece and as I was reading it and I was reading it just on the Indianapolis Colts uh, I just was so intrigued by the different categories he had so as I was reading it on the Colts and I'm looking at these different categories in my mind I start thinking of the Raiders and think, okay, what would my answer here be? What would the answer here be? What would this answer here be, right? So I started going through that and thought, man, this could be a really fun topic and something that we can get a lot of good feedback on. So I talked about it on my radio show on Thursday, and now I want to bring it to the podcast here on this Friday. So here's the different categories. Biggest gamble this offseason, toughest stretch of the season, breakout player to watch, position of strength, position of weakness, X-factor, 
final record. They also had uh, a fantasy uh, category and then uh, the best bet. So just, you know, kind of whatever bet that you you would make, you know, lay some money on. So I got rid of the fantasy one and I got rid of the best bet. I just want to talk about the team in general, how it stacks up, not not fantasy and not gambling either. So I don't I don't want to go there in this segment. So let's go ahead and go through these real quick. I think we can have some fun with it. On my radio show, all I did was position of strength, position of weakness, and X-Factor. That's all I did. But I wanted to go through and kind of expand it here uh, on the podcast, have a few more minutes to be able to talk about it. So let's go ahead and go through it. And I'd love your feedback as well, 707-365. No, that's I almost gave you the wrong number. (laughs) 707-654-4693. I almost gave you the radio station number. 707-654-4693. That's the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Biggest gamble this offseason. I think that's a pretty easy one. Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback, and that's only because of the injury history. You know he could be a really good quarterback. There's no doubt about that. You understand that he knows Josh McDaniel's system. There's no doubt about that. But can he stay healthy? The fact that I've, I've talked about him being healthy and participating in anywhere from 13 to 17 games tells you all you need to know right there. My level of trust that Jimmy G is going to be available all season long is very low. And that's something that I've really never talked about going into a Raiders season. Like, well, if you can get 13 games, 14 games out of the quarterback position, you'll be doing pretty good. So that, I think, is definitely the biggest gamble. If he plays the majority of the season, the Raiders have a chance. But if he gets injured, and I'm not wishing this on anybody, if he were to get injured early in the season, all bets are off. So that's definitely got to be the biggest gamble, in my opinion. Toughest stretch of the season when you're looking at the schedule, I think it's weeks 9 through 12. And look, I think the Raiders' schedule is tough. I think that there's an argument for the first four weeks of the season. Three out of the four games are on the road, right? So I, I could definitely see that being the toughest stretch. You know, you're in Denver, you're in Buffalo, you're home for Pittsburgh, and you're back on the road for the Chargers. That could be the toughest stretch right there, just the, the start. If you get out to a slow start, the season could be over before it gets really started, right? So I could see the argument there, but I'm looking at weeks 9 through 12. They host the Giants, who they look like a good team last year. Can they build on that? Then they're hosting the Jets, which, of course, they got Aaron Rodgers. They went to get him because they believe that they're going to be a playoff team and make a deep run. Then they're on the road at Miami, and then they're hosting the Chiefs, But that, and then the bye week. So Giants, Jets, Miami, at Miami, and then hosting the Chiefs. And I know that those games are at home. The majority of them are at home, but they're tough opponents, right? If, if Brian Dayball is able to turn Daniel Jones into the guy and even get him better than he was last year, the Giants could be a really good team. Of course, they have more weapons, including tight end Darren Waller. The Jets, you know they have a really good defense and Aaron Rodgers. So as long as he's healthy and he's out there, they're going to have a chance. And like I said, that defense is really good. At Miami, they've got so many weapons on offense, and they improve their defense. They're another team, as long as their quarterback's healthy, Tua Tagovailoa, they're expected to make a deep run in their division as well. And then, of course, hosting the Chiefs, and it's crazy because they, they do it, you know, two weeks. They're, they're basically not too far from each other, right? You got a, you got a, um, a early game. Which one is that? Let me look at it real quick. Look at it, number 12. Uh, Sunday, yeah, that's right, 12 and 16. There you go. What week's 12 and 16 for the Kansas City Chiefs? That week 16 is Christmas, Christmas Day. It's a Monday morning. So they're only four weeks apart, the Chiefs and the Chiefs again. So that's why I think that that is the toughest stretch right there. They don't have their bye week till week 13. How about the breakout player to watch? And I'm going to go with Divine Diablo. 
I talked about him on Thursday's show. Third year in the league at the linebacker position. He's beefed up. Uh, he's gained some weight, some muscle weight. Uh, he's, you know, he was leading the team in, in tackles before he got injured last season. So if he could build on that and improve in coverage just a little bit more, you know, he was a safety at one point. So if he could do that, I think he could be a really good player to watch. So I'm going to say my breakout player to watch for the Raiders is Divine Diablo. But I'll say there's probably a good argument for Nate Hobbs going into year three as well, especially if he's healthy. But don't worry, I got Nate Hobbs coming up anyway. Uh, how about position of strength? think that that's a no-brainer, the wide receiver room. It's 11 deep right now, led by Devontae Adams. There's going to be some tough decisions, but you got Devontae Adams. You have Jacoby Myers. You have Hunter Renfro. You have DeAndre Carter. You have Trey Tucker. I mean, you've got dudes, right? You've got guys in that wide receiver room. Like I said, there's going to be some tough decisions made on who's going to make the team and who's not going to make the team. But easily, I would say that that's the biggest strength of the Raiders team right there. Biggest weakness, position of weakness. And I had some people hit me up on the radio show on Thursday and say that the coaches, you know, either Patrick Graham or Josh McDaniels. And I think that that's fair. I think that's fair until those guys prove that, uh, that they're not a weakness, but I'm going to go with the position on the field. I'm not going to go with the co coach and I'm going to go with the linebacking room. I mentioned divine Diablo as the breakout player to watch. I look at that linebacker room and that's the only guy I trust right now. I don't know what Robert Spillane is going to do. He's a fifth-year guy. He came in as a free agent from Pittsburgh. Luke Masterson, second-year guy, undrafted free agent. Amari Bernie, sixth-round pick. Drake Thomas, undrafted free agent. Darian Butler, second-round pick, undrafted or second-round or second-year guy, undrafted free agent. So there's a lot of youth in the linebacking room, which is great. I have no problem with that, but it's a lot of unknown. Divine Diablo is basically uh, the guy that you know what you're going to get from him or you expect that you know what you're going to get from him. Robert Spillane, I know he's a thumper. He's a guy that can get downhill and, and make a lot of tackles. He's the one who's famous for having that big hit on Derrick Henry, but he's not very good in coverage, so I don't know how much he's really going to be on the field. And then Masterson, I know that he had flashes as a rookie, as Darian Butler did as well, but Butler had more flashes in special teams. Drake Thomas is a guy that a lot of people are real high on, but he was an undrafted free agent for a reason, and Amari Bernie is a six-round pick. So a lot of youth in that linebacker room. So right now I'll say that that's a point of weakness, but I reserve the right to come back at training camp and say, wow, man, I've been out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and that, that linebacking room, those guys are, are doing the damn thing, right? I, I, I reserve that right to to come back and say that the linebackers are not a weakness, it ends up being a strength. But I've got to see it before I want to say that. As far as the X factor goes, I mentioned I was going to talk about Nate Hobbs, a healthy Nate Hobbs. What I saw from him at mandatory minicamp when I was there and what I've seen from him so far at OTAs, and of course they only have one more OTA session, he just looks fast. He looks a lot faster than he did a year ago. I know he wasn't healthy a year ago, but if they have a healthy Nate Hobbs, I feel like he could play anywhere. He could play on the outside if you want him to. He could play in the slot if you want him to. He can probably chase a wide receiver around, like shadow him if you want him to. I don't think there's anything that Nate Hobbs can't do. I think he could play safety if he really wanted to. He's that athletic. He's that good. You saw what he was able to do his rookie year, but he's got to be healthy. And he wasn't healthy in 2022. He only played a handful of games before he hurt his hand multiple times. And he just wasn't able to be that physical guy once he hurt his hand and, and really hurt his hand, broke his hand. So if he's healthy, he looks like he's healthy. If he's focused, he can go out there and really make that step forward in year three. That's why I said he could be the breakout player to watch as well. But he's going to be my X factor, a healthy Nate Hobbs. And I put a little slash in it 
and send Marcus Epps as well because I think he's going to bring some leadership to that secondary room, the safety that they signed from the Philadelphia Eagles. I've also seen him making some plays out there uh, in practice, and I think that he's going to be a, uh, a – I think he's going to be a player. I really do. After getting a chance to talk to him, spend some time with him, kind of get to, to know what you know what makes him go and, and uh, what he's going to bring to the, to the Raiders and what they expect him to bring to the Raiders, I think he's going to be someone special. The other thing, if you have an opportunity, check out uh, the Raiders on Twitter. They actually put out uh, a tweet of Marcus Epps being, uh, he he was mic'd up. He was the first mic'd up guy of the year. And I was going to play it here on the show. But the audio wasn't really good. It really has to go with just the, the video as well. You can see some of the drills that he's going through. A lot of emphasis on going to get the ball. Uh, Chris Ash, the defensive, uh, the secondary coach, he was really putting them through a lot of drills to go get the ball. So if you get a chance, check out the Raiders Twitter. Check out Mike Up. It's probably on Raiders.com as well. Marcus Epps is the first guy. He's number one. First guy this year to be mic'd up. I thought that was some good stuff to check out. A little behind the scenes as well. And then the last one is the final record. And we've talked about the record. We went through the schedule. I got the schedule right here in my hand. Uh, I think it can be anywhere from 7 and 10. That would be the low end. And the high end would be 10 and 7. I, I just think that the, the Raiders range right now. And again, we're talking on June 9th. We haven't seen training camp. We don't know who's going to be on the 53-man roster. we got a good idea who a lot of the guys will be. But there's going to be some tough decisions to be made. We don't know what the injuries look like. We don't know, you know, if Jimmy G is going to be playing week one. I expect him to be playing week one. But you don't know. So I like to, I like to have that window. I feel like their final record could be anywhere from seven, as low as seven wins to as high as ten wins. That feels like to me... It feels like the sweet spot. So that's what I got for you. But I'd love to know what you think of the state of the Raiders as it sits right now, June 9th. Biggest gamble this offseason. Toughest stretch of the schedule this season. Breakout player to watch. Position of strength. Position of weakness. X factor. And final record. Let me know about it. Again, 707-654-4693. That is the Locked On Raiders podcast voicemail line. Your calls and texts come up next as we close out the show. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. And I'll even put a tweet in in this segment. I got a tweet at your boy Q254. You can always hit me up. And this tweet will start us off from Bad Influence 94s. Yeah, there you go. At Bad Influence X4. That's uh, that's the that's the Twitter handle right there. It says, hey Q, want to give my answer to young Raider fans. My brother-in-law is a huge Raider fan, so I always rooted for them as a kid, but didn't want to watch much. But it all changed going to my first Raider game as a kid versus the Broncos. We lost, but I love the energy. All I remember was seeing people in orange jerseys getting thrown into the toilets and garbage cans after the game. LOL. I was hooked ever since. Uh, decently left some blood, sweat, and tears at those games. Even converted my wife by bringing her to an Oakland game. Got the shield tatted on my arm. Be a Raider fan till I die. Love the show. Just win, baby. That's a tweet from Bad Influence 94s. Uh, definitely appreciate you, my man. And that's what I used to always say. I used to tell everyone. If you don't have a football team, just go to a Raiders game. And I was blessed being able to go to the Coliseum and spend so many years at the Coliseum just to be able to say, just go and check out this atmosphere and see what I'm talking about. 
And man, even though there was games, a lot of games that they lost, I went to a lot of games where they lost, but man, just the fun of being at the Coliseum, being there with a bunch of family, uh, sitting in the stands and, and seeing everyone booing the uh, opposition and everything. And I've been at games where, you know, the porta potties got knocked over. And I'm not condoning that, but it was kind of funny at the time. Uh, you know, it's just, it was always just good times at the Coliseum. And, and, and that's why I always told everyone if you're not a big football fan, even if you're not a Raider fan, just go to a game, experience it have an open mind and see how it feels when you leave and I just about guarantee you'll be a big fan I was blessed I was able to take the wife to uh, the very last uh, Raider game that was played at the Oakland Coliseum thanks to Rob and Anna definitely want to shout them out and she got to enjoy it and even though it was a loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars she had the time of her life still has the hoodie that uh, actually got ripped when someone tried to steal the chair actually someone stole the chair that's right the guy broke the chair stole the chair security was chasing them not that I know why why was he chasing them? The chair was already broken. It's not like you're going to go fix it. And then a little piece of metal scratched the wife's arm and ripped her a hoodie. But she still has got it. She wears it with a badge of honor, right? So, I mean, it's just those are the kind of stories that you get from the Oakland Coliseum. So I totally understand uh, when you say that you went to your first Raider game and the atmosphere made you uh, make sure you were a silver and black fan. So thank you so much for that tweet. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Chuck Raider in the ATX. That's Austin, Texas. He's calling to talk about the Raiders' defense and why he thinks it's going to be much better in 2023. Here he is, Chuck Raider in the ATX. Q, what's up, buddy? This is Chuck Raider over here in the ATX. Hey, man, love your show. Love what you do. Uh, happy belated to your boy, little Q. Um, one of the things I wanted to discuss today was um, the new regime, the direction they're going, and basically, I, I think the defense is going to be much, much improved. Um, I noticed the drafting that these guys are doing. You want to go and look at why the Raiders have been so poor and so bad the last, you can go back 10, 15, 20 years. Look at the drafting. We can go right back to the draft every year and see how poorly they have drafted. I mean, it's very rare that you see a great draft from the Raiders over the past 15 years. And, I mean, from drafting guys like Carl Joseph, who had a blown-out knee in the first round, <clears throat> so many I can go back to. So I, we can even go back to Jamarcus Russell. I mean, there's just so many I can go back to. But the point I wanted to make was you look at the direction of this franchise, and I think it's going in the right direction. I mean, Garoppolo, everybody made a big to-do about that. That guy's going to be ready for training camp, okay? I don't think Garoppolo is going to be the – the long-standing uh, solution at quarterback, I think they're going to get another quarterback. Who knows what the new kid from Purdue is going to do, you know, until he's out there and the bullets are flying. My thing is, is you got to give these guys a chance because what else, you know, what else have you got at this point? I mean, I've been a fan all my life. Just sit there and take your fandom somewhere else is absolutely ludicrous. I mean, what are you going to do? Go over for the Chargers? Come on. I mean, get real. You can go for another team. It just makes no sense. Uh, teams turn it around. I've been watching sports for years. But the Raiders have had so, so many fatal drafts over the years, and that's been a big part of it. The D-line, I'm telling you, is going to be a lot better, much more improved. Second year in the system. You guys are at OTAs. You see how much more these guys are picking it up. All right, Q, you have a great day. I love what you do, man. Here hear every day. Have a great one. Thank you for the call, my man. It's great to hear from you. And you know, drafting well is the first step. That's the first step to turning things around. This organization historically has not been great 
when it comes to the draft, you know, at least the last, I don't know, 20-something years hasn't really been great at drafting. They need to hit. They need to have more drafts like they had the 2014 draft class where they were able to come away with guys that you just knew were dudes. Well, hopefully Dave Ziegler is able to do that. I love the fact that he spent the most of the their draft capital this past year on defensive players, and if he can get a, a handful of those guys to hit, then you're on to something. But you've got to be able to consistently draft and develop. If you could draft and develop, then the cupboard will always have talent in it, right? But if you always have to go out and spend money in free agency to try to bring guys in to fill all these different holes, you're gonna, you're just chasing your tail. Free agency is good for a guy here, a guy there, like I said, just to fill a small hole. But if you're trying to build your team through free agency, it just doesn't work. It'll work every once in a while for a short period of time, but it's not sustainable in my opinion. Chuck Rader, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Bipolar Raider. <laughs> says, hey, Q, I think, you hit the hail on, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head as to why the younger generation are fans of the Raiders. I lost my old man when I was eight years old, and unfortunately, I don't have a lot of memories with him anymore. But some of the greatest memories I do have are simply with him and me watching the Raiders, cheering or cursing. It was all fun for me. Or how he always talked about taking me to a Raiders home game. Unfortunately, that day never came. After he passed, I didn't want anything to do with the Raiders or football. But... As that wound healed and I hit high school, I knew there was only one team that I gave a damn about, my silver and black. Always go Raiders. That's Bipolar Raider. And thank you for that text, my man. I appreciate you. Thanks for sharing the story. And uh, that's that's something right there, right? I always say that all these stories of why you became a Raider fan or how you became a Raider fan usually always come back to family. And that one is super special, right? And to have those memories there, you know, with, the, with, with your dad, with your pops, I think that that's really cool. And so I'm glad that I was able to do that, you know, for my boys as well, take them to the game and kind of give them that first experience and I know that you know a little Q might roll his eyes every once in a while now when he talks about or hears about the Raiders because he's like man I haven't seen him win but so but to know he had those experiences and know that he was able to have fun at the Coliseum uh, that always means something and he knows he knows how uh, how the bread gets buttered, so he's like, yeah, yeah, Raider fan all day, <laughs> right? He just wants to see them win, but that's what it is, man. It's all it's all about family. At some point, he'll be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Raider fan because, well, my dad. My dad made me do that, and he made me be that guy. So uh, thank you so much, Bipolar, for that message, and thank you uh, for sharing your story, your pops. Uh, definitely appreciate that. Uh, got a call from Raider Meatloaf. He's calling to talk about the release of running back Dalvin Cook and what he thinks that should mean for running back Josh Jacobs. Here he is, Raider Meatloaf. Hey, what's up, Q? Um, it's uh, Raider Meatloaf here. Uh, just some uh, food for thought. Dalvin Cook got released. Um, Josh Jacobs still has not signed. I'm not saying sign Dalvin Cook. I'm not saying sign Josh Jacobs. I think, though, the asking price is going to be too high to keep Josh Jacobs on the team. I'm I'm fine if we move on from him. <clears throat> I was somebody that was saying that we should take uh, B. John Robinson um, with our first overall pick this year. Obviously, you know, we didn't do that, but we got Tyree Wilson, and he looks like a dog. But, you know, I think it's time to move on with Josh Jacobs. We didn't give him a contract last year. Um, Why would we pay him, you know, top running back money this year with – he had the best career year of this season. I don't think he's going to do it again. Um, so, you know, and then that, that's really what our offense is based around. I mean, we got Devontae Adams. We got Jacoby Myers on the outside. Um, Michael Mayer, which, you know, he hasn't signed his contract yet, but he will. Um, but, you know, we're, we're a ground and pound team. We have Jimmy G at quarterback, um, hopefully, and we're just going to run the shit out of the ball. So, 
Um, you know, what what are your thoughts? There's some running backs. We could pick up Kareem Hunt for cheap. We could pick up, I don't know, just somebody speedy that could catch the ball out of the backfield, a uh, dynamic running back. I don't think we need Josh Jacobs. So uh, take care, Radio Nation. Bye. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And I realize, as I mentioned in segment one, the value of running backs in the league is so low. But I don't think by any means that the Raiders should let Josh Jacobs walk and just say, you know what, it's cool. We can go get another running back. We got Zamir White. We got Britton Brown. We can go get Kareem Hunt. We can go get this. Man, Josh Jacobs means more to the Raiders, in my opinion, than just a running back, right? I mean, I was in those locker rooms after those games. Josh Jacobs was the heart and soul of that team. Devontae Adams was fantastic. Max Crosby is awesome. But Josh Jacobs was like the engine of that team in 2022. And for the longest, they didn't even know what their identity was. Josh Jacobs is the identity of the Raiders. I mean, that running style, what he was able to bring to the table, his leadership, vocal, and uh, and just as he does on the field, you know, the way he plays, but the way he speaks as well, he, he to me, means way more to the Raiders than just uh, your average running back. So I think that they give him a contract. I think they give him a multi-year contract, front-loaded, right? Again, I know the value of running backs, so I don't think that they're going to get crazy. Dave Ziegler seems to be a lot smarter than that. He's not going to throw some stupid money out there and then regret it later like the Minnesota Vikings did with Dalvin Cook. Uh, I just think that they've got to find a way to get something done with J.J. He's way too valuable to the Raiders. But again, that's just my opinion. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Uh, one more. I got a text from Southern Indiana Raider. He says, hey, Q, Southern Indiana Raider here. Just got finished up with today's pod. I'm happy to hear that there's a chance the secondary could potentially be improved this year. Turnovers would really be a huge help. I realize it's only June, but I don't like hearing that Wilson still isn't participating. He hasn't seen a football field for a pretty extended period of time. He is a rookie. I like to see him out there learning as much as possible. No waste of time or opportunities. Anyways, keep up your solid work. Appreciate you as always at Southern Indiana Raider. Thanks so much for that text. I appreciate you. We'll start with Tyree Wilson. As long as he's out there for training camp, and that's not a guarantee he's going to be out there for training camp, but that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Hopefully he's out there for training camp, but you're right. He hasn't been on a football field actually working in quite a while. So we'd love to see him out there. I think he's going to be a key cog to the Raiders defense, not only this year, but for years to come, if he could be that guy. But he's a big man with a bad wheel, so that's a little scary. So hopefully you see him out there in training camp and I can come back and talk about, man, Tyree Wilson looks all looks the part, right? And as far as uh, as far as the turnovers go, that's got to be a must. I love how Eric Allen said that old man Willie Shaw is what I always called him. Uh, his old defensive coordinator with the Raiders came in day one and said 20 interceptions. That's the bar. That's the number I'm going to put for the Raiders defense this year. 20 interceptions. They need to create 20 turnovers. I'm going to I'm going to say that number. I don't think that they're going to hit that number, but that's the goal that I'm looking at. They get 20 if they create 20 interceptions just from the secondary alone or linebackers. I mean, and, and if the team gets 20 interceptions, let's put it like that then they're going to win a lot of games. I just don't know if that's what they're going to do, but that's going to be the number. That's going to be my goal uh, for the number that I put up on the board, and we'll count them down throughout the course of the season. So Southern Indiana Raider, thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you, and that's all I got time for on today's show. Uh, on Monday, we'll get back to some more calls and texts. I got a text from, or a call from JT from the 561, a text from Raider Will out the 816. Wine Country Raider called us as well. Got all that coming up on Monday's show. News and notes from whatever happens over the weekend, and of course, we'll have plenty of conversation as well. So until Monday, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.